This will be a plan where you can choose your plan. <laughs> and you know what the plan is. This is the plan. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you from Florida at Bobby Skinner NFL. I'm here with my co host, Danny King at Danny King NFL. We got the NFL at the end of our names because we're official. And we're here to talk some Giants. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, great, great as always. Uh, a little confused on some of Mike, or not Mike Francesa. Well, Mike Francesa always confused you, but uh, Dave Gettleman, you know, saying some contradictory things. You know, I, I'm, I don't really put too much into it, but we're going to talk about it. So let's talk about it. The big news in Giants world the past few days has been Dave Gettleman finally coming out and talking to the media. He first did a conference call. That wasn't open to the public, although you can go and read all, you know, everything that was said. And then did an interview, his first interview ever with Mike Francesa. Um, I There's a few things I pulled out of it. So the first thing is, is you just really can't trust Gavin with this. He showed that he's just not going to be honest in these things. Um, you know, because like uh, Landon Collins, he said, oh, like, you know, why didn't you trade him at the, like, oh, well, we didn't want to send that kind of, like, like a certain message to the team. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. Because what message are you sending when you let him completely walk? Um, so that was weird. Like, why wouldn't you want to get some compensation out of him? Uh, he said he didn't shop Odell Beckham, which is just completely bullcrap. Or, or it's semantics saying, like, well, technically we didn't call anybody. They just kept calling us, you know, all the other teams. And he said there was no outside influence besides, you know, just football decision on the Odell trade, which isn't true. He was honest about the O-line. You know, we'll, we'll go down this list. Uh, he said we're probably going to draft a QV, and he said he was uh, given an offer he cannot refuse. So it's confirmed Gettleman uh, has dealings with the mafia. Don uh, Corleone. I, I just I watched the Godfather movies over the weekend, so that might just be in my head. But anyways, let's start with Odell because that's the biggest thing. He's saying that he didn't shop him because that would they would lose their leverage, which doesn't like make some sense, but doesn't make a whole lot of sense because. The Browns would have, you know, once they have that offer, like, listen, we're going to shop this around. Um, but if you give, if there's anything less than this, we're not making this deal. Uh, so that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like of course they shopped him. And I think Jay Glazer reported that the 49ers were in talks with it, but they wouldn't give up the number two overall pick. So to say that they didn't shop Odell, it just doesn't make any sense. And it seemed like the decision had been made. Uh, as soon as the season was over, especially with, you know, Jay Glazer with his bold prediction, uh, you know, Glazer doesn't just say stuff for the sake of saying stuff. So, I mean, do you buy into it that they didn't shop him? I, I, I want to, but you're right. There's no way they did not shop Odell around. Apparently he called his buddy with Buffalo, talked to them. Obviously the rapport with the 49ers and the second overall pick. And then, obviously, now he's with the Browns. He said the Browns initiated the trade talks, which I, I could see that being true. But you're right. H- him saying there's no outside influence on this, I find that hard to believe because he had all the issues with Odell. Obviously, the biggest one, in my opinion, was that ESPN interview. That really, you could argue, sealed his fate. But, yes, the Dave Gettleman... I, he, you could some, he's a good liar, but that was not a good lie by Dave Gettleman. There's no way he did not shop Odell around. Yeah, and I think it might be him just playing semantics. But like, well, we never called anybody. So yeah, like the 49ers called him 15 times, and the Browns called him 20 times, and the Bills called him 10 times. Yeah, you could say, oh well, he didn't call anybody, but that's still shopping him when you're constantly taking those calls. Um, so I think that's partly semantics. 
And then, like like we said, like on the last episode, and you know, I think we both wanted more out of this trade. And this is this is what our beef was. I feel like we could have gotten more out of this trade um, with you know the 49ers looking like they were in the race and the Bills. Maybe maybe they weren't, um, and maybe we just had higher expectations because of what was being offered last year by the Rams. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it it's nothing to read into too much. I think it's just him playing semantics. And then, like you said, to say that like his, you know, the Odell antics and whatnot didn't have anything to do with it just doesn't make any sense. Because why do you sign him in the first place? Why do you not take the offer that was there last year? Uh, it 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 definitely had a place. I don't think it was everything, but it definitely had a part in it, whether you agree with it or not. I think the Giants always had the intention of trading Odell. It was just a matter of when. Obviously, they felt like they could keep him. Him and Eli could still work together. Obviously, they really couldn't get anything going this past season. So I, I, I expected Odell to be traded, as I said multiple times. I didn't expect it to be this soon. But I think the Giants always had a plan to trade Odell. But he, he sound, Saquon, uh, he talked uh, to the, someone today and said Odell called him. And he was, like, really upset. And so Saquon thinks Odell didn't want to be traded. I don't think he wanted to be traded either. Even with all the issues he had with Eli and all his antics, he loved New York, and he loved this team with his buddies, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram. And as we see, he's going dark on social media now for a few days. So I think he didn't want to leave, but as I said, he shouldn't be too shocked after really how this organization is moving right now. Yeah, and... Like you said, I, I don't think he wanted to either because I think Odell is an emotional guy. So he says things kind of vainly, like where he was talking about L.A. and whatnot last year. Um, he kind of just says stuff, and he doesn't really, you know, he kind of, like Gettleman, kind of contradicts himself at times. So, yeah, like you said, he's going dark on social media. Obviously, he's the talk of the sports universe right now. So, you know, obviously, he might be, he's getting he's getting more heat before. And listen, like, as many times as he kind of, like, screwed up, um, you know, you know, say small little stuff like, you know, punching a hole in the wall and bigger stuff with Josh Norman. I don't think Odell ever thought it would get to the point where the Giants would actually trade him. And I think that's where all the fans were at that were, too. He's like, listen, like he could be a pain in the butt sometimes, but he's a great receiver. And I don't think we ever thought that the Giants had the the cojones to actually pull a trigger and trade him. Yeah, because especially where this team is right now, they're trading away a younger talent. If you look at it, they traded away a younger talent and brought in an older guy in Golden Tate. So the rebuilding, I, I like you could say the rebuilding, but him bringing in these older pieces, which he talked about in his interview with Francesa as to like like these oldies, these veterans that bring guys together. I feel like you still got to have that young core because that's what a rebuild is. Look at the Browns now. They are a very young team. Right now, we're not getting any younger with the likes of Antoine Buffet, Alec Ogletree, Eli Manning, Golden Tate, all those guys. So, as he said, we got to trust the process. But right now, it is very hard for me to trust Dave Gettleman. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I we talked last week, and I kind of was on this on the Odell trade. I was like, listen, I'm not against the idea of trading Odell, which I kind of got more, but I'm actually starting to lose it a little bit with Gettleman because you know, look at his record in Carolina; it wasn't bad. You know, they did go to the Super Bowl, but it was also wasn't great. And he seems to be kind of like an old head that kind of stuck in his ways, which I kind of, you know, I actually kind of lean towards that kind of mentality, but at times it could really screw you. And, you know, I'm, I'm putting trust in him, but like my, I don't like compared to last year where it was like, I'm excited about this guy. We can't wait to see what he does. Cause he did have, you know, it, it looked like last year's draft was a fairly good draft. 
and this can completely change change with this year's draft and, and what we get out of the picks and from the trade and how Jabril Peppers plays. But it's just completely different. It almost feels like you know, like we kind of have that distrust. And I, I'm all for it, keeping your cards close to your chest. But Gettleman has to kind of get out and be honest a little bit in these press conferences, which I will say he did. I feel like he thought I, he knew that he had to be honest about something. He knew he couldn't be completely honest about, about the Odell thing. He couldn't say, like, oh, they had outside sources because then that just starts a wildfire. Um, you know, whatever what he said about Landon Collins just didn't make any sense. So that wasn't true. That was just kind of damage control. But he was honest about the offensive line, which is kind of like as an offensive line, it's like, man, like we do all the dirty work. Why you got to like why you got to rip on us? Why do you got to throw us under the bus? Just because, you know, we're not going to make a big deal, a big stink about it. Kind of aggravating. But anyways, he, he was honest about how, you know, the offense, you know, Nate Solder struggled last year, uh, you know, from the get up, uh, you know, how there still is a need at right tackle. Uh, he said that part of Nate Soldier's problems were having a rookie and Will Hernandez next to him. I mean, really, like, threw the offensive line under the bus, um, you know, like, each one individually almost, besides Halapio, because he was hurt. And he was honest about that we will most likely, if things go right, get a new quarterback. And he said it's leaning towards the draft, although I don't buy too much into whether it's going to be the draft or Rosen. I do believe 100% that the plan is to get a quarterback. Yeah, you're right. But something that, it, as I said, it's just Dave Gell is not trustworthy. Why is he just like letting it out there that like if everything goes right, we'll probably draft a quarterback? Yes, obviously, it, it's what it's what it's expected the Giants to do. But it's just something doesn't seem right about that. He's not that type of open of a guy just say, oh, yeah, we'll probably draft a quarterback. So that that's fishy to me. But once again, I expect the Giants to draft a quarterback. But not at six. I expect p- probably seventeen with the likes of Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. Don't say that. I, I'm sorry, but that's that's the vibe I'm getting with this team right now. If Daniel Jones is drafted, I, I this fr- fan base is about to go into like uh, riot mode. Hey, but, listen, I, I'll I'll jump on. Listen, I've tried to stay calm through this. We get Daniel Jones, um, I'll I'll go off unless unless we get him in like the third round. Uh, but anyway, like and uh, you know, I mean, I've already made it clear I'm on the Josh Rosen. Uh, yeah. you know, train. And we'll talk about that later when we talk about Kyler. But I do think he's being like, the reason he's being honest is because he's like, listen, I got to He's like, he's got to BS his way through the Odell and Landon questions. And I believe that's why he was honest about the QB and the offensive line situation. And listen, he is right about the offensive line situation. Uh, they did struggle last year, but they also need to, they need to fill that right tackle hole. And we've said, you know, I've said time and time again, Chad Wheeler is a great guy. I like him. But I just I cannot trust him as a starting right tackle, whether it's throwing Eli out there for another 16 games or we're putting a, a, a young rookie QB or, or Rosen out there. So it's it's and that kind of I'll, I'll talk about Mike Remmers for a while. Uh, on Friday, it looked like it was going to be a done deal. I mean, I have we already, I already have drafts set, draft you know tweets and Instagram posts ready to post about Mike Remmers, and it just seemed like it was going to be a done deal. But here we are, Tuesday night, and Mike Remmers has still not been signed. Uh, and I don't know why. I, I, maybe they're playing hardball. Maybe there's one other team that's in the mix. But it really seemed like Remmers was our guy. He, you know, he played in Carolina under Gettleman. He played in Minnesota under Shermer, and he's played the majority of his career at tackle. So it just it blows my mind that Remmers is not a giant yet. 
Yeah, well, obviously, it sounds like Chad Wheeler has no part in this team because, like, he even mentioned Chad Wheeler by name in his interviews, and he basically said we're looking for a new right tackle. But, yeah, Remmers, when I saw that, I was his agent, I was like, oh, okay, so I guess he's going to be signing soon. But then but then his agent tweeted out saying, just to, just saying he's not actually signing yet. So I'm like, oh, th- that's weird. It sounded like you guys were in there for, like, hours and sounded great. But, so, like... That's also another thing I wonder. With the 17 pick, do you go an offensive lineman? Because people are saying Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. Maybe he'll be there. He can fill in that right tackle void. But as you said, Mike Remmers has a history already with Pat Shermer. So it, it, the right tackle position right now, that that's, I say, one of the most controversial because we just got off Eric Flowers. So right now, anyone's better than Eric Flowers. But I, I would personally like to see Mike Remmers because I don't want to go through another few games with uh, offensive tack- rookie tackle, having to learn the ropes and having to deal with slow man Eli in the backfield. So I- I'm hoping Mike Rummers is the guy, but obviously right now, who knows with this team? Yeah, um, and speaking of Eric Flowers, I mean, he's just finessing everybody. He just signed a deal with the Redskins. He's going to play guard. He's going to fix everything. No, but anyways, Mike Rummers, like you said, we, you know, we might draft somebody at the 17 spot, which I actually would like to do, but I'd like to do both. Because one, Remmers isn't going to be expensive. We saw with the Daryl Williams contract, he only got seven mil. And Remmers should be realistically the last free agent we get, so we don't really have to worry about the salary cap. Um, so even if you draft a right tackle, even if you draft a right tackle at six, I bring Remmers in there. One, so we're not throwing a guy out into the fire like we had to do with Flowers, where you know with an injury he had to you know start right away. You know, let a right tackle sit and you kind of learn, you know, learn behind. Remmers and Nate Solder because, you know, offensive line is the position that has the most room for growth out of, you know, any young player. Um, but, you know, besides quarterback, obviously, because it's just, it's just so much technical things. Uh, you know, that's where, you know, getting a little stronger helps a lot. So you really can, you can really see a lot of growth in offensive linemen as their career goes on. And as the season goes along, they get a lot better as they gel together. So I would like, I would like both. Um, even if we're going second round, uh, I think we need to draft a tackle uh, in the first two rounds, whether it's at six, seventeen, or, or in the second round, uh, depending on what we do at quarterback. Uh, but to go back to the quarterback situation, uh, Kyler Murray met with the Arizona Cardinals at the University of Oklahoma. Like I said, them not going to the combine was a complete smokescreen, and I, to me. This shows me that they are 100% drafting Kyler, and I kind of believe that. But today shows me that they are 100% on the Kyler train, which obviously takes one QB out out of the out of the options for the New York Giants. Um, and that means Josh Rosen is being traded. And with the Dolphins supposedly looking towards 2020 with Tua or whoever would be available after they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, it really is down to us, the Redskins, and the Patriots, unless I'm missing anybody. And I think the Redskins might be out of it at this point with some of the signings they've made, uh, obviously trading for Case Keenum. And I think it really comes down to us and the Patriots for that move. Uh, yeah, so, the yeah, Kyler Murray, obviously, but we had that good interview with him that lasted, obviously, that however long it did. But the, I don't see it in a way the Cardinals are not drafted Kyler Murray because this talk has been heating up. And it just it doesn't come from out of nowhere. You can look at Cliff Kingsbury, his his relationship with Kyler, and the Cardinals are probably looking at Josh Rose and be like, he struggled. He's probably not the answer for us. So they're like, let's get rid of him. 
But Josh Rosen, that's still a risky move because if you looked at the situation around him, the Cardinals really didn't help him out much. His offensive line was just like our offensive line, awful. His head coach got fired, so he wasn't in the best of positions. So, really, as you said, there's only, in my opinion, there's only two teams, the Giants and Patriots. I say the Giants are probably willing to go in for Josh Rosen because some in the organization had him as the quarterback of last year's draft. The Patriots, they don't really seem right now in a rush to replace Tom Brady. So if I'm the Giants, as you said today, if they gave up a second, I, I wouldn't be too mad at that because we may have just secured our quarterback of the future. Yeah, and like I said, I, I'm a big believer in you go and get the QB that you think is going to be the best QB. So, you know, say the Cardinals don't draft Kyler and you believe Kyler's the best, go up get Kyler. If you believe Haskins is the best, trade up get Haskins. Um, if you believe Josh Rosen has a QB, you do whatever it takes to get Josh Rosen. That being said, what do you think it's going to take to get Josh Rosen? Because I'm starting to think it's going to take more than that second-round pick, uh, especially if the Redskins and the Patriots are in on it. If the Patriots are truly looking forward to get you know somebody to back up Tom Brady for a year or two and then make him their QB, uh, which it feels like we've done that 20 times now with Ryan Mallett and, and Jimmy Garoppolo and guys like that, but I believe they would be willing to trade that late first round pick with all the you know the other picks they have the the two uh, third round compensatory picks. Do you think it's going to take more than the second round pick to get Josh? In my opinion, well, obviously we do know the Giants have some interest, but in my, I I don't think right now I'm not willing to give up that 17th overall pick because in my opinion that pick is very vital to us right now. Yes, you could say oh, but it's 17th in the draft order. But having two first-round picks, that's very huge. And there's still going to be some great players available at 17. So if I'm looking at it, if the Cardinals call us up and they say they want our second and our third-round pick, I would, and maybe they want something from 2020, maybe a 2020 second, I would do that deal. But I'm not willing to give up 17 just yet. Yeah. Well, I, I, I am. Obviously, we, you know, and we'll talk about this forever. I just believe Josh Rose is that guy. I have a lot of faith in him. The thing I worried about him, worried me about him the most last year was his injuries. Um, and listen, he played up behind a banged up offensive line uh, and he was pretty healthy last year. And I think a part of it was like, you know, whether you like it or not, it is smart to not really take risks while you're in college because you have that check waiting for you. And you can say a guy's not a gamer or whatnot, but with the system we have right now, and that's, you know, a whole other debate, you can't really knock a guy being like, listen, like I'm not, going to put my you know whole future at risk and and whatnot to to get back on the field extremely quickly um and i know that's something that bothers a lot of people about rosen which and it, it kind of has rubbed me the wrong way a little bit too but i just think he is that guy um all right before we move on we got door ad i almost forgot about it all right so here it is all right so a lot of people are starting podcasts today if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, Danny, there's one thing about the Dave Gettleman uh, press tour, if you want to call it that, that we forgot to talk about. He said that this narrative that Eli is washed and overpaid is a crock. 
I get defending your guy. And listen, I'm not I'm not asking him to say anything else. But let's just talk about the content of it. Because listen, I'm not going to be like, Dave, how, how, we know that's not true. Like, you can't get on him for that. But let's talk about the content of it. It is not a crock that Eli is old and washed. Listen, Eli is not the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. And I want him back to be a mentor to whoever this QB is in. But Eli made a, a business decision last year that he is not going to get beat up. I mean, we saw as many times as he would check down and not take chances and self-sack himself, which, you know, he's done his whole career. But this year was on a whole other level that Eli made a business decision that he is not going to get beat up. But at the same time, there's no point of cutting him. Like, And I get I get that, like, the fan base is mad. And that's actually kind of what I want to talk about with this. It's like the fan base is mad. They're mad about the Odell trade. So everyone's pointing their fingers at Eli. But, like, let, give me a reasonable reason why to cut – Eli, it just doesn't make any sense. I think it's just people acting mad. Obviously, Twitter's going to overreact all the time. That's what Twitter is. But there's just no – and I asked. I, I was like, can someone give me an honest reason of why we would get rid of Eli? Because, like, who are we going to go out and sign in free agency? Like, we don't need that money in free agency. He's going to – his contract's up next year. And this isn't even, like, some respect Eli thing. It just doesn't make any sense. And while it does make sense to bring a guy back to either have, you know, like Mike Francesca kept on bringing up as – you know, the Kurt Warner, Eli situation from 2004 or, you know, starting, you know, whether it's Haskins or, or Rosen or whoever day one and letting Eli to mentor them along the way with, you know, and Eli would, I think, would be good at doing that job as good as anybody. I mean, we saw the way he handled the benching situation in two, uh, 2017 and people like and, and someone came at me where I said, Eli understands that he's not going to start every game this season, unless he plays amazing. Then that changes everything. But Eli has to come into this season with the understanding that he's not going to start every game. And someone's like, well, where did he say that? It's like, well, I think it's common sense that Eli knows that if they bring a QB in, that QB is not going to sit 16 games unless Eli just plays out of his mind. And Eli's a smart guy. He has common sense. So I think we should all not expect Eli to start 16 games this year, no matter what Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer may say. Yeah, I think Eli's on a game-by-game -game basis. If he does it, I say at least the first four games are his this year. And then after that, if there's a rookie quarterback or whoever backup is, then there'll be, like, the little rumblings of him possibly being benched. But, yeah, you're right. Like, yes, are we mad that Eli's still here and Odell's gone? Yes, we, we should be. But, like, who would you rather have train our future quarterback? Alex Tanney? No, <laughs> like Eli, he. I saw, I saw people saying bring Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's like, well, what's the point of that? Like, yeah, maybe he's a little better at this point, but we're bringing in a new guy anyway. So what's I mean, what's the point of bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because you're pissed off at Eli. Like, like we all know the cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He takes the team's money, he plays decent, he then sucks, and then he's back in this whole cycle. That's how it works with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fit sorcery. Fit sorcery. That's how he does it. But like. Like, yes, if you look at it, Eli, when his offensive line settled, he then played well. Like, the, Eli is going to have a great offensive line this year, like, uh, unless an injury happens or for some reason Kevin Zeidler doesn't forget how to play his position and Will Hernandez goes back to being a rookie. But there's no point in cutting Eli. As you said, he's on his final year of his contract. Just let him play it out. He is one of the greatest quarterbacks in this franchise's history. Yes, he's going down on a sour note, but as I said, I want Eli to train our rookie if we do get a rookie. 
that if, if we don't get a rookie this year, I, I'm personally for if you want to sign Eli Manning back for one more year for the 2020 season, do it. Obviously, I have to see him play first. But as I said, cutting Eli does not make the situation better. It probably makes it much worse. I won't have a chance of winning on Sundays, and Eli will help us bring that chance, not Alex Tanny or Kyle Laletta. Yeah, Kyle Laletta. And somebody asked me today if, like, the Giant, if, if I thought the Giants should uh, draft a quarterback in the second round. Like, I feel like that would just be a, a waste of a pick, just kind of like Davis Webb and Laletta have essentially been wastes of picks. You know, obviously – it's crazy to look back a year ago when we all thought Davis Webb was truly the future of the team. I mean, I, I, I had my belief, but then he was traded. I was like, I, this is when I was really trusting Dave Gellman. Then I was like, all right, Kyle Aletta is the future of this team. And then he got pulled over for being late, and then Washington happened, and he, he did not look good. So we don't, <laughs> have our, we don't have our future right now on this roster, and it's either in the 2019 draft or it's in the 2020 draft. Yeah, there's a very real chance that Kyle Letta's career will finish at 0 for 5. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I think that's the, the, this is more me just ranting at people being overly mad. And because they're mad, they're just going to get mad at everything. Um, and it's honestly, it is aggravating that we just, like, I don't understand what we're debating about Eli. Obviously, there's a few people out there who just think, like, he's going to play another three years. But I feel like those are very few and far between. So, I just don't. I don't understand what people are even arguing about. Uh, it's. I think it's just people are dumb and mad. That's. I mean, I guess that's Twitter in a nutshell. Dumb and mad. That's always Twitter nowadays. Like I, I, you saw this morning, like giant beat writers were going at each other. I woke <laughs> up this morning. I'm like, wait, why is Paul Tatino calling out Patricia? And then I see Jordan calling Paul a loser. I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? Can we all be friends? <laughs> Listen, that's just the way it is, and. Listen, I'm all for internet beefs. I mean, I wrote, you know, I wrote a long blog today about, you know, the, the a year, a look at a year back at, at Civil Man Radio, and it's all like just internet beefs that I had fun with, uh, including uh, Giants and Giants at Giant Insider parentheses Chris. Shout out to parentheses Chris. But anyways, I, I'm all for internet beefs, but this was the dumbest beef I ever seen. Like, what are you guys, are you guys arguing, like whether the fifth day of the league year is on Sunday or Monday, like. I just, it was so silly. I'm like, I, I'm like, what are we arguing about? And I know Patricia Trainer had the most out-of-context tweet of all time yesterday saying that when Dave Gettleman was asked about his plan, uh, that that's not his job, which he was saying it's not his job to tell the media. Just the most out-of-context tweet I've ever seen. Shout out Patricia Trainer. But yeah, listen, if you're going to have an internet beef, at least make it fun. At least let it be a uh, giant insider parentheses Chris saying, but the Giants lose at home because the stadium's too gray. And then I'll call you out, and then you'll block anybody I've ever talked to. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I got blocked by Giants Insider, and I think this is just for me somehow working with you. I, I haven't even had a contact with them, and I'm been <laughs> blocked. I'm like, I know. Hey, what do I do? I know. And then when all this happened, like, you weren't even, we weren't even working together in the slightest. It was funny. Yeah. Just, and that's why I said in my blog tale, like, I know I still have a little bit of real estate in my head because as soon as we started talking, the Talking Giants shit page, and yourself, like they're blocked. It's like I hadn't, I hadn't made a joke at him in months. Every once in a while, Will, when I'm mad, when I'm mad about something, what I do, like when the Yankees lost to the Red Sox, I just made fun of. I, I make fun of other stuff. Like I was like, ah, who cares about Drew Brees' uh, yards record? So that's that's my go-to. Like if 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 you want to give me, if you if I'm mad, you'll see me ranting about stuff that just doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm for some reason like that as well. <laughs> All right. Anyways, 
let's move on to some of the moves that we made this week. Uh, they were pretty much all bringing back guys, except for Pierre Olsen. We are becoming the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals step-by-step. Step. We got to bring Josh Rosen in and complete the process. Pierre Olsen, he's a decent pass rusher. He's good depth. Uh, obviously, he has that familiarity with James Betcher, the defensive coordinator. Um, nothing to really hate about this move. He's brought in for cheap, uh, and he's going to be depth. So, continue to be the Arizona Cardinals. We got Kareem Martin, Pierre Olsen, uh, Marcus Golden, Antoine Bethea. And I, I think that's it. We let Josh Mara walk. So, so that's it for the, the Cardinals so far. Yeah, did they see, they saw us in 2017 get destroyed by the Cardinals, so they're like, I mean, maybe maybe they can help us destroy other teams now on defense. Definitely, that Cardinals defense was amazing. Like, they were there were times where they weren't great, but they, I feel like I hadn't seen a defense get as many touchdowns since the since the Bucks in 02. I mean, so they were they were a lot of fun to watch. So it'll be interesting as we become the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Cody Latimer. A uh, friend of Simple Man Radio has been brought back on another one-year deal. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in. Obviously, last year he was injured uh, for the whole season except for a few games. He was really brought in to be that you know that guy who could play consistently on the outside. We really didn't get to see that. It'll be interesting to see how he's used. Obviously, Shepard is going to be playing on the outside with Golden Tate in the slot. It'll be interesting to see who is that starter, though, whether it's Vladimir, Coleman, or a wild card that we're not even thinking about. I'm thinking that our receiving core, obviously I'm happy Latimer's back. Obviously he tore his hamstring off the bone last year, so that obviously kept him out. But when he came back for that Dallas game, I mean, he looked good. So I'm happy to have him back. If I Now, that throws a wrinkle into my plan because I thought our starting lineup was going to be Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Corey Coleman. Now Latimer's back. Does maybe he get put in instead of Coleman? I'm not sure, but Latimer, he, he's a good special teams guy. He can return kicks. So he's a good guy, and I'm glad to have him back. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a best man wins with that uh, that wide receiver three spot. Uh, other wide receiver, Benny Fowler, we brought him back. Uh, I don't think he's the guy that's going to make the roster unless he's just amazing on special teams uh, because wide receiver is the position where you kind of bring in young guys, undrafted guys. And, and we've seen with Dave Gellman that he's not afraid to let undrafted guys make the team. So, I mean, what any, any thoughts on Fowler? No. I mean, he played fine when uh, in that Washington game when we had to put him in when Odell was injured. So, good depth. Uh, obviously, if he makes a roster, good depth. I think he'll make the roster. So, obviously, we'll see where we go from there. But this is, this is just a question I wanted to ask you. I saw this. Uh, do you think the Giants are committed to Sterling Shepard, or do you think that he could possibly be gone by this time this season ends? I could see it because he, you know, he is going to be a free agent. I don't, I don't know because, like we've, we've talked about so much in the beginning of this episode, we really have no idea what Gettleman's thinking at any time. Um, and before the Odell trade, I was kind of like on the like, hey, if we could get a really good deal for Shepard, let's do it because with Ingram, like we we need to find a way to figure out how to use Ingram, and you can, you know, like you know the whole the whole basketball term. There's only one ball. Uh, you know, obviously Odell's going to get his touches. We need to figure out how we get Ingram in, and then Saquon, Shepard kind of need to be that left-out guy. So I was all in it, but now that Odell's gone, I want to keep him. But it would not surprise me if they pull something because he is truly best in the slot, um, although he can play outside and he has played outside. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking because I, I was thinking Sterling Shepard wasn't going to be brought back, then Odell got traded. 
And now Sterling, this is a big moment for Sterling. He could really make a name for himself. And going into the offseason next year, this, this is if he doesn't get franchise tagged, he could get some big money. And I expect him to get some big money because many teams may view him as that wide receiver one just based on how he played when Odell was out those past 14 games, including last uh, 2017 as well. Yeah, definitely. And then that actually was talked about in the Francesca inter- interview with Ingram. We really need to see something special out of Ingram this year because there's no more excuses anymore. You can't say that he's not going to be targeted much. Well, people want him to move out the wide receiver. I don't know what I think about that. But anyways, I am excited to see what we can get out of Ingram this year, um, especially if we have a rookie in. I think then he'll be used uh, especially well. Uh, Zach Deossi, the long snapper, has been brought back. I want to interview him so bad because he's been there forever. It's been him and Eli forever. He was on both Super Bowl teams. He, so he's seen everything like Eli. You're never going to get Eli to open up until like 20 years after he retires. So I would love to get Zach Deossi on the show and just talk to him about how the team has changed over the years and then see who is like the guy he's most scared of, whether it's Jeremy Shockey, Brandon Jacobs, Plaxico Beerus, or somebody on this year's team that we have no idea is just the most badass dude in the world. So I'd love to have him on the show, and I'm glad he's back. Oh, yeah, he's a nice guy. And as I said, like I, I at this point, is Zach Diossi ever going to leave us? Obviously, he's got to he's got to retire at some point. But it feels like he just keeps coming back and back. I got no problems with it. I mean, he's a veteran guy and he's a good leader. But he just keeps coming back and back. So at this point, just give the guy a lifetime deal. Because I mean, yeah, gonna, I actually thought we were going to lose him this year because we signed a long snapper. I think his name is Tabor Peppers too. A futures contract. I'm like, oh wow, maybe Diossi's gone. So you know, I followed Peppers and got on his good side. I'm like, okay, I'm going to interview our new. Free agent, long snapper. But sorry, Peppers, uh, you're not going to make the cut this year, my boy. That's actually awesome. Ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Del Capitan. Uh, and draft news, Montez Sweat has a heart condition. I know they're saying, like, don't, like, it's not a big deal. But I think this has the possibility of making him drop in the draft. What do you think? Uh, it's hard to tell because, I mean, this is the same Montez Sweat that probably played all his college career for participating in the Combine. There was reports that came out that many teams don't expect his uh, stock to drop, I should say, my apologies. But it would have shocked me because, you know, a guy with a heart condition, I mean, you want to make sure first he's healthy. Obviously, I would love for him to come here, and that means he drops to 17, I'll be happy. But like, I don't want to see a stock drop because I want because he seems like a nice guy and I want does, don't want his career to be affected by this. But obviously, hopefully, it's not. It doesn't seem like it's anything serious. I'm no doctor, so obviously I can't speak on that. But Giants have had some interest. There's like rumbles that they like Montez Sweat. So I mean, maybe six is still an option for Montez. Yeah, definitely, it'll be interesting. Uh, like you said, we hope the best for that guy. Um, Eric Flowers with the Redskins, that's what we'll finish up with. I mean, listen, the Redskins are trying to be us so bad, but they're trying to be the bad us. I don't know what they're doing. I This guy, honestly, I want him to like teach me his ways because he somehow made the Giants believe he was their guy basically his whole career. Then he got down to Jacksonville, and then he tricked them thinking that he could be better there, and then he became the same Eric Flowers that we all love, him and good old Patrick Omae down there in Jacksonville, and now he just robbed the Redskins of however much money they're paying him. The Redskins, as you said, they, they are trying to be the 2016 Giants so bad. Landon Collins, DRC, then Eric Flowers. I don't, Eric, He's got to be moving the guard once again. It's Eric Flowers. I don't see this working out. 
if it does it, he becomes the best guard in the league. I'm, I'm probably going to be quite annoyed at that. But, I mean, I don't see it working out. And I'll see, I believe we'll see Eric Flowers in the AAF come out 2020. AAF. All right, let's finish it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And join our March Madness, John Boy Media. Uh, we'll have some – I'll, I'll repost the link. Just look at our Twitter. It'll be up there. Uh, make sure to follow our Twitter at Talkin', not Talking, Talkin' Giants on Instagram, Twitter, all that. Follow our personals at Bobby Skinner NFL, at Danny King NFL. And until next week, folks. Next week, folks. Next week, folks. I almost dropped a stay simple thinking I'm on Superman Radio. Oh, speaking of Superman Radio, we just interviewed Dan Duggan. Download Suck this week. Go listen to it. It's a great interview. Anyways, go big blue. Let's go.